0: You know, just showing people out there, like, what's possible for you when you take the risk and you go all Heck in on yourself. yes.
1: That sounds like my type of party.
0: This is The Unapologetic Coach, the podcast that teaches you how to step into next-level leadership. I'm Angelina Bradley, and I've made it my mission to prove you can have it all. And I'm living proof i built a six-figure business with a baby in one hand and an iPhone in the other, building the life of my freaking dreams. Now I'm showing you how to do it too. I just like really was drawn to like your energy. Um, I feel like you have this like inclusive, enthusiastic energy that's a lot like mine (laughs) and I find it magnetic because you don't like pretend like everything is like rainbows and butterflies. You acknowledge the hard, you acknowledge the messy. Um, but I think that your message really is like helping others, you know, not feel alone in that. Hmm. Have you always had that like type of mindset towards life?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, it's an honor. It's an honor to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's always a, a pleasure and an honor to come. Um, just share the journey with other people that are like-minded, people that like yourself, that it just inspire other people to be the greatest version of themselves and uh, unlock that higher version, pursue their dreams, follow their path. So, I'm um, just grateful to be able to come on here and hopefully share some light and some love as well. But um, have I always had that mindset? No, no, I haven't. And and as you were saying, I think it's it's through the trials and the tribulations and the adversity and the fire that I've un- endured in my life that helped refine this mindset, you know, and, and really help me identify what is the purpose of life? Like, why am I here? Like, what is my mission? What am I called to do? What are my gifts? What are my passions? And how can I create a life where I get to wake up and do that every day? And uh, I, I, I was telling, you know, I host a mastermind every Tuesday and just bring together a bunch of entrepreneurs and leaders here in Tampa and uh, other coaches as well. And, you know, we were talking today and I said, I just think it's so important that each of us define our own definition of success. because so many people are chasing i just want to be successful i just want to be successful and i'm like okay cool like what does that mean to you yeah Yeah, because society's definition of success is this chasing after the things of this world the luxuries and the materialistic items and i'm like dude like my definition of success is life on my terms Mm -hmm. like i want to get i want to i want to build a life where i get paid to play
0: yeah when
1: i have the opportunity to have a coaching client in front of me or lead a men's retreat or host these masterminds it's like that's not work. Like this is getting paid to play. Like I love what I do and it lights me on fire, you know, and, but it's because of those adversities that, um, you know, I've came, come to accumulate the wisdom that I have and to see life from a bigger perspective, a deeper perspective to know that it's short and Mm -hmm. we're not here for a long time. So I want to make the best of it. I want to find what I was called and put here to do and, and uh, leave it on the table.
0: Yeah. I love that. I had actually started, fitness coaching after a tragedy. Um, I had a miscarriage with my first pregnancy mm. and I, you know, I think there's two ways that you can go with that, right? Like you can either sit and bask and, and feel the guilt and feel the um, grief and, and sit and bask there and, and let it hold you back. Or you can use it as fuel to move forward. And, you know, so I grieved for a little while and then I asked myself, like, well, how do I want to honor this loss? How do I want to, how can I move forward through this with like still acknowledging that it happened to me, right? Because the last thing I wanted to do is like forget that it happened, um, but instead like honor it. And so that's honestly like how I found my purpose in coaching was like through that. How did you you know, how did you find your purpose? How did you find like this was your passion to host, host masterminds and coach coaches and do all that?
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I'm sorry to hear about what happened, right? But it's like at the same time, I know it had to happen. And obviously it kind of like led you into your destiny and kind of skyrocketed you probably to a whole new elevated mindset, level of consciousness, level of faith, surrender, etc., Mm -hmm. you know so it's like there's a quote by napoleon hill in his book thinking grow rich outwitting the devil and he says that every adversity contains within it the seed of an equivalent advantage right every adversity every heartbreak every letdown contains within it the seed of an equal or greater benefit right so it's like if i hadn't gone through what i've gone through i would not be a coach today i wouldn't be a speaker i wouldn't be a leader and i'm sure that applies to you as well um but for me man it's, it's a crazy story it's a crazy journey you know i um, I guess to try to paraphrase it into like 60 seconds, um, <laughs> I'll start by saying I've always been a strong encourager. You know, I think that's one of the gifts that guy gave me really the gift of exhortation to pull the best out of somebody. You know, I remember being, you know, just a young man, we go to the gym and if you're working out with me, like, I promise you, you're doing the last set. Yeah. You know, you're going to go a little heavier than you thought you could. Like I'm going to blow off those limiting beliefs. And you know, so I've always had that, that gift to encourage and inspire. Um, but it wasn't until going through a lot of adversity in a family, um, dealing with a lot of addiction in the family. And at 22 years old, um, my graduation year in college, coming home on a, on a little break and the next day finding my brother dead to an overdose in a hotel bed. And then six months later, my dad was diagnosed with cancer before that. Six months later, my father passed away in the day of my college graduation. A month after that, my godfather passed away of a random heart attack. Right. So within seven months at 22 years old, just starting my life, trying to figure out who I was, all of my leaders, all my mentors, my father figures. You know, my, my rocks are gone. You know, So that really spiraled me to deeply question, what is the meaning of life? Like, I, you know, I, I was face to face with death and, and it made me uh, question my own existence. Like, why am I here? What is this all for? And so there was such a beauty in that because it gave me the realization that, um, you know, we're not here forever. You know, and, and there's a Latin phrase, memento mori. Memento mori it means remember you will die. You know, and so I think that's a really encouraging thing when mm. you realize a clock's ticking and it really gives you the courage to to step into those things of fear, to be willing to step into the arena because mm. you're like, well, I'm going to die anyway. So I might as well full send it. Yeah, this. I might as well have the best time while I hear, I'm here. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to leave my legacy and I'm going to leave my mark. And And that's really just been my intention the whole time. So I, I just try to use my platform, my Instagram, my podcast to just set the standard, you know, and lead the way for others and be willing to step into the arena my, myself. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before this, the, the name of my first podcast was the not so perfect podcast. And I was a not so perfect host because I was terrified. I'm such a perfectionist. I was so fearful of what other people would think and how cringe I might look. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you willing to do it anyways? to right. Step into the arena. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much A long journey wrapped up into a good ninety seconds.
0: That was good. That was good. Uh, I I love one of the things that you say is set the standard. Where did Mm -hmm. that come from? Where did you? Where did you?
1: Oh, that's been recent. That's been real recent. Um, you know, I want to circle back to something you said too, because you there's when the adversity struck you, and this it's going to happen to everybody. Right. Like everybody, you're not going to go through this life without suffering. You're not going to go through this life without adversity. But it's in those moments where you have to make a decision. Right. You have to have a perspective. And you have really have two choices and it's victim or victor. Yeah. Right? And how and, and which decision, which decision you decide to make is going to determine a lot of how your future is going to go and a lot about how you're going to spend your life. And I remember. Mm-hmm after that all happened to me, you know, within six months after, I mean, I was devastated and I've I've, I've, always had this call to want to be a motivational speaker, you know, and and really sit on a platform and inspire others. And, you know, through losing those people, I went and found, you know, new mentors and leaders and binge watched thousands of hours of some of the greatest people, you know. And I I ran into this motivational speaker one time and he was talking to me. He goes, well, what's your story, Colton? What's your story? And I was like, you know, well, this happened. You know, lost my brother, lost my father. I was like, but I, I don't want anyone to know that. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm not a victim. I don't want anyone's sympathy. Like, I don't want that to be my story. And I remember he looked at me right in the eyes and he said, Colton, stop being so insecure. He, he said, this is the platform God gave you to speak from. All right, And in that moment, that shifted my perspective. Like, I'm not a victim. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a victor. I overcame all of that. My head's still high. I'm not giving up. All right. And it's because of that story that I'm able to connect with so many people and connect yeah. with their pain and let them know like this, this is not over. Like trophies don't go to the ones with a good beginning. Like right. just, just keep on keeping on.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, uh, but what was the question you asked me? I got sidetracked there.
0: That's okay. <laughs> um I was ta- set the standard like where did that oh, come Oh
1: yeah, no, that's so good. It that has been something so this has only it been, really around... me.
0: that's what, you know, like the other day, I uh, that
1: like, is what you reshared. That's so yeah, good. No, That's, that's something that uh, has been speaking to me. It's been about three weeks now. So I tend to go on runs quite often. I'm a late night runner. I mean, I was out there last night. Yes. I left at 12, got back mm-hmm. at one. Um, and I want to preface this by saying, like, I didn't choose for this to be running. Like, I'm not saying, sitting here saying, oh my God, I love running. I don't run for the physical aspect at all. I run for the spiritual aspect. Like running is a way for me to really tap into this higher state of being. I really feel like I connect when I run. Most to God, I connect to the source. I start receiving divine downloads and and these hits of intuition and new ideas. And uh, I'm taking notes while running. I'm taking voice memos. Like these things just start coming through like a fire hose. And so I was listening to a man named Eric Thomas, um, number one motivational speaker in the world. And his name, I mean, he's been around for a while, but he's, he's really blown up now, but his name's ET, the hip hop preacher, you know? So he's actually like a motivational preacher almost. Um, And I was listening to him and, and, uh, you know, one of the things he really spoke to me and it just sat with me is talking about, he's like, you know, you, you want to be a leader and you tell God, you want to do all these things and you want to be successful and you want to leave a legacy. And it's like, well, set the standard, you know, like set the standard, like identify what that is in you. Like you want to be great. Like, what are the values that uh, this greatness would have? What are your Mm non-negotiables, right? What are the goals, right? What are the standards that you have for yourself? And then set the standard, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like when I truly can identify like who I want to be and what the man I'm going to have to become in order to achieve these things, and then it gave me a lot of clarity on what the standards are, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like. I'm such a dreamer, but I'm a procrastinator also. So it's one thing to wake up in the morning and have all these lofty goals and have these grand dreams and visions. But at the same time, it's like, get up and make your bed, you know, like set the standards. So, so, I mean, that's it's been coming through every day, set the standards. So yeah, I've been sharing that with my clients and everyone. It's really been helping me and speaking to me
0: yeah uh, you know at first it was just like i it had come in the morning and i was just having a very bad morning with the two boys at home and i wasn't gonna go to the gym and then i was like i saw that and i was like Ooh,
1: <laughs>
0: setting the standard for myself Let's and then go. you know when it comes to business it's you're the you're the only one holding yourself accountable right like you don't mm. have breathing down your neck, you don't have uh, a boss telling you that you need to be doing X, Y, and Z, like you have to hold those standards for yourself and your business. And so I think one of the things like I've asked my clients this week is, are you have you actually been, you know, taking the action as that successful person that you want to be whatever that success looks like that you mentioned in the beginning is like, are you taking action as someone with that level of success? would take Mm. and that's the standard that you need to hold for yourself that's
1: so good yeah and if you're not where you want to be and and like you're unsatisfied with where you are and the way things have been going it's time to raise the standards
0: Mm. Uh, like you have
1: to raise the standards for your life like you are you are receiving back and the physical manifestation of what you're feeling about yourself and your standards and who you are like you're reaping what you're sowing Right. So it's like it's time to elevate those beliefs. It's time to elevate the identity of who you believe you are. And then when you elevate the identity of who you believe you are, set the standards of that person and live to them. So it is in those moments where it's late at night. And I, I promise myself in that morning, I'm going for a run tonight. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do this. And late at night, I get to that moment. I stand in front of those shoes and I'm like, I hear the I hear my ego. You know, I hear that inner coward, you know, whatever it is, is saying, man, you are so tired, like you work so hard, like you really probably should get some sleep. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, that spirit side of myself, that God side of myself is like, you remember what you said this morning? Mm
0: -hmm. Remember what you You promised yourself?
1: You said you want to be a leader, right? Set the standard. And I mean, you hear that voice and it's like, now you got to make a choice. Like, Mm -hmm. do you really want what you said you want as bad as you really want it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, I mean, it it holds me accountable for sure. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: So do you think that like, is that just like, secondary self-reflection that you're just like constantly taking yourself through when you're, you know, faced with these choices.
1: Hopefully, to get you to- hopefully, you know, and this is why I find it really important, at least for me. And I try to emphasize this to a lot of people I work with. and Again, even my mastermind group today is that there there really is a battle between, you know, this human side of you and the spirit side of you, all right? The, the flesh and the spirit or the ego and the spirit. And I find that in the times in which I get disconnected, the times where I don't like feed the spirit, which is that highest version of myself, like that, that God version, that warrior, that King, that alpha side of myself, that it begins to go dormant. And then the ego wakes up, that human side of myself and that human side of myself wants to be really comfortable. It's very complacent. It wants to be comfortable. It wants to take it easy. It wants to take the shortcuts. And it's almost like I go into these modes of autopilot. Like I'm unconsciously begin to make these self-sabotaging decisions. You know it's not a conscious thing that I'm doing to try to sabotage my life or to not hit my goals or to be lazy or to feel like a POS. Like I don't want that to happen. It's almost like I fall asleep. you know so mm-hmm. that's why I go for these runs because every single run I go on seems to wake up and stir it, stir up this inner warrior, this inner king, this God mm-hmm. version of myself. And when I get to that place, I do ma- I make the wise decisions.
0: Yeah
1: it just wakes up this willpower and this really strong version of myself. So I think it's more important than anything. You know, this is what, you know, the Lord's Prayer, I think we're all familiar with when Jesus says, give us this day, our daily bread. I think people would be mistaken if they think he was talking about physical food. All right. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, give us this day, our daily bread.
0: I'm sorry.
1: You're good. Give us this day, our daily bread. It's like, you got to go get that daily bread. Like, you got to feed the soul. Just as much as if you don't feed the body for a couple of days, you're going to be really tired. You're going to have zero energy. I mean, you don't feed feed the spirit for a few days and uh, you're going to wake up. The ego and the flesh.
0: Oh, yeah, you know what? I can feel that because when I am, when I'm doing things like this, like I'm, you know, I'm co-working on my podcast and I'm on calls with my clients and I'm through breakthroughs with my clients and and in and, and making, you know, major moves inside my business that feeds my soul. I'm like, OK, what's next? What's next? Mm, All right. Yeah. Like, I'm so fueled by it. But if I let that go dormant and I stop taking action, then that's kind of, I think, like the fear starts to creep back in. Like it's like it gets louder again. It gets louder. And then you end up just, yeah, you kind of like on autopilot, like you said.
1: Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen that those patterns about my life, too, like in those moments where I'm feeling super depressed or there's a lot of anxiety and I'm just not happy are very, um, symbolic in those moments where I'm also not pursuing my purpose and I'm not utilizing the gifts that God's mm-hmm. given me. You know, i become very selfish and I've seen the pattern so many times. Like yeah, the times in my life where I am making progress to, towards my ultimate goals, you know, to, to I really, what I really love to do, whether that's serving people, whether that's coaching, whether that's speaking, whether that's leading, like I'm on fire in those moments that feeds my spirit and fills up my cup. Yes. So, so you you've really got to find what that is for you because for me it's running, it's connecting with God, it's coaching, speaking. it's speaking, it's it's leading, but it's different for everybody. What lights your soul on fire?
0: Hmm. So, what would you tell like new and aspiring entrepreneurs that you know m- maybe they're thinking like I-, I don't have anything special to. Sh- I'm just like another somebody, or I don't have the proof yet that I'm good enough to go after my dreams, good enough to be an entrepreneur, to be my own CEO, to be a coach, to lead others. What would you tell those people?
1: I think, first of all, be careful what you say. Mm. careful what you say. Right, you really want to watch your worries when speaking those things of your life because you're subconsciously building an identity, and you will live out that identity. It'll become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I think that the one of the most important work I do with coaching my clients is identity work, because I've come to know that our actions will always be in aligned. Our actions will always be in alignment with who we believe we are. So if you feel not good enough, you feel unworthy, you feel like you won't do it, like then you're not. That exactly. Mm-hmm. And, but like you start speaking the opposite in your life, you start speaking truth, you start speaking some empowering things and, and programming that into your identity well, your actions are, are going to be in alignment with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And at first your subconscious mind is not going to believe it. Like affirmations are going to feel stupid and you're going to be sitting there. Like, you know, I remember speaking this over my life because I, f- I had the imposter syndrome. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel worthy. Who's going to listen to me? Like you're just this soul, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm.
0: Right?
1: And when people would ask me, what do you want to do? It's like, oh, I kind of do this. But, but, um, I want to become this or I'm going to become this. Well, that just signifies that I'm not that already. And so the first time I began to speak over my life, like, dude, I'm the best coach in the world. My subconscious mind was like, I'm <clears throat> like, bullshit. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, bro, what are you talking about? You barely have any clients. You're not making any money.
0: Yeah. You know, I'd say it the
1: next day. Proof. I, no proof. Right. I'd Say it the next day. I'm the best coach in the world. Subconscious is like, yo, I told you yesterday, bro. That's some BS <laughs> next day I'm the best coach in the world subconscious mind is like all right bro whatever dude next day same thing okay all right fine fine whatever dude next day I'm the best coach in the world subconscious mind is like no no okay all right all right next day on the best coach in the world damn right you are i don't know why you keep telling me and then the identity shifts and then yeah. the action shifts all Ooh. right so so really really watching what you speak and doing the inner work as far as like seeing what some of those deep rooted limiting beliefs are and then i'd say second is um step into the arena yeah. Step in the arena, man. Start doing it. You know, it there's a quote by Alex Hormozi, and he says that um it's it's kinda gonna be a little bit contradictory contradictory to what I just spoke. But it says confidence doesn't come by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by mm-hmm. having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you think you are. Right. And so I think on the opposite side of that, like, yeah, do the affirmations and change the identity work, but at the same time, step into the arena. Because it wasn't until I had three, four, five, six, seven clients under my belt and watch these massive transformations and watch their life change and watch them come back and say, I'm so grateful for you because you Mm -hmm. were able to coach me. You unlocked this door that changed my entire life. Mm -hmm. And you start to see those things and it reaffirms the identity that you've been speaking over your life. Mm
0: -hmm. And when that
1: confidence matches that identity, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: put your seatbelt on.
0: (laughs) <laughs> we're going high. And like what you said there though, you said reaffirms because like you weren't, you weren't like waiting though. You didn't wait mm. for outside validation. You didn't wait for a client to tell you that you were a good enough coach that you could change their life. You started with the affirmations. You started mm-hmm. with telling yourself, changing your identity from the inside to then be reaffirmed by, by the outside proof that you could do this.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I, and I even think going back to kind of like that momentum or, you know, and it's like, I remember the first the first the quote that really took me over the edge when I made my first motivational video ever, and I was terrified to do it. I was I'm listening to good. a speaker named Jim Rohn, and he said, the quote was, "If you think trying is risky, if you think trying is scary, wait until you get the bill for not trying." Mm. And I was like, i'm I'm in." Like I don't want to come to the end of my life on my deathbed and look back and be like, "What if?
0: Mm-hmm. What if?"
1: All right. There's a quote by Steve Jobs, and he says that remembering you are going to die is the only way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. You have no reason not to follow your heart. Mm-hmm. You know. So when when you place anything in the face of that, it's like it's not that deep, dude. It's not. Just send it. Right.
0: Just send it. Yeah. I think we're yeah. just like. We're trying to keep ourselves safe. Right. But it's like, once we go for it, it's really not as scary as we thought we (laughs) were going. I mean, I didn't want to do this podcast. I didn't, I was like, nobody's going to want to listen to me speak for this long. Like I don't hold that much authority. And, um, and I was like, you know what, what is, what am I so afraid of? Somebody doesn't Mm -hmm. like it. Boo hoo. But what if somebody does?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that also realizing that like, it's not about you. It's not about me. God God didn't give you your gifts for you. And it's like at some point you got to realize that like you you are seriously robbing the world of your gifts and there's someone who needs you. And so please stop doing that, right? Like your own insecurities are robbing the world. And it's like – and if you don't do what – you're going to do other people's life stuff or not just your own. And I remember when I started that journey, you know, I had been doing this for about three months. I was making these videos. I had a couple of friends that were like, Oh dude, keep going, you know, just supporting me. And I was still embarrassed yeah. by this whole thing. And I had this man reach out to me on Christmas Eve, who was about in his mid fifties. I didn't know he was following me. I thought I was speaking to millennials and he sends me this message and he had no my story of what I had just overcame a few years prior. He's a "Colton, And I just want to, I'm reaching out to you because I just want to say thank you, man. Like, Thank you for what you're doing. I'm going through a really, really hard season. And like, I'm just appreciative of it. And I was like, dude, that is so epic. You know, like I didn't know that this, this older gentleman and he was impacted. And he was like, would you get some coffee with me in a couple of days? I was like, yeah, sure. And it was about a week later. I met up with him at a, at a local coffee shop here. And he sits down. And the first thing he says to me is, Colton, I just want to let you know, when I DM'd you on Christmas Eve, I was hours away from taking my life and committing suicide he said, I was laying in my bed and I was scrolling through Instagram one final time and I came across your post, and I saw your message. And I thought to myself, if he can still be this positive and have this much purpose after everything he's gone through and all the pain he's overcame, then I can mm-hmm. too. Yeah. All right. And so, <laughs> stop being so insecure. Stop robbing the world of your gifts because other people need them
0: and send it
1: send <laughs> it was the I, I, my favorite meme is that meme from last year where it was like the guy with the chart and he was like he had the f around and find out it's yeah like sometimes you gotta fuck around to find out you know what i mean so just just send it
0: just send it ah oh, that was so good on that note colton we're gonna end there but thank you so much for joining us today i think that was some crucial insight that we needed to hear
1: Thank you so much, and that was an honor. it's a pleasure. So much fun. I feel great. You got me smiling over here. So just grateful <laughs> to just uh, share my gifts and and be a light. It's what we're here to do. So.